You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey, lexiconosaurs and word chefs, it's your head chef AF Rabin with another Balticon bonus episode. Uh, before we get this one started, I do want to remind you that we currently have a giveaway contest going and we need entries. So here's how it works. Our prompt number 12, write a story featuring some kind of mystic cheese. Write a story about that prompt, 1500 words or less, and you're automatically entered to win audible codes to listen to Chris A. Jackson's Cheese Runners trilogy. Seriously, all three books, free, and all you have to do is enter. You don't even have to have the story be accepted, although it'll probably be accepted. Anyway, just wanted to remind you of that, and here's a panel from Balticon 50. Thanks. He had a girlfriend in the 80s, and Mike was like, what's it like dating Funker? And she's like, well, it's a lot of fun, but every now and then there will be, well, let me show you. And so she turns to him and like, what do you say? We leave this, go home, and get naked. And he's like, what would be the point in that? And she says, it's like dating an elf. That's it. We do your representation. Most of the cast. True. No, that's good. That's good. That's a good one. I like that. I like it a lot. Lord of the Rings. Considering how much the time has changed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's awesome that we have anyone here at all. And it's hard to get on the elevators and get to up here. That's an now, I was hoping those folks in the in the costumes were coming here. I know they they look they're, like they're they might. Cool. <laughs> when was it originally going to be? Six. Mm, yeah, that's quite a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like. It. I would have been able to do it. Right. So, so how do you? Well, I I was I was so it's, into it at six, for the and then six o'clock rolled around. Forward? And I was like hungry. Hungry. It's like, oh, so glad like they changed it. I'm not ready to do this. Okay. Yeah, it totally works. 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 Yeah, it <laughs> you could drink it's a wishing hour somewhere I like that but what are you drinking is the question this this is a mixture of vanilla root beer and uh, some of that lemon lime water from downstairs just because I didn't feel like emptying out the water when I got the root beer mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and it's flat now because I got the root beer at, before noon that's um <laughs> choice. you could do an old timey medicine with that I think <laughs> sell some snake oil yeah nah still use play that game <laughs> I now want to do a game called Old Time Medicine. Right. Like right. Rolling the town with the cart. Right. <laughs> I will give you that Kickstarter. <laughs> Maybe it can be a board game. You have little bottles and you're moving around. You make a presentation. Right. Well, you have a deck. And each and, deck and is hair dye. <laughs> each card in the deck is a new ingredient that you have to include in your pitch. Right. And the other one is what it cures. <laughs> this should become a thing. You got. I'm glad you found scissors. Great with barbecue. All the things in my room. I love your hair, Viv. I haven't said it yet, yes. so I, just, I wanted you. to. I just Ooh, see. I just hi. love this. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful unicorn. Hi. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> so we've been sitting here this whole time, not even saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even talking. Well, I'll be wrong. There you go. Hooray. <laughs> right. Yeah, we might as well get started. 
lay people that's the problem. Anyone else? Yep. There will be a recording of this. <laughs> we all believe we're done there. So many zooms. All the zooms. All the zooms. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm zoomless, you guys. It's okay. It's okay. That's what we expect from an asexual. Oh, oh, burn, burn. Somehow. That's when you need old heavy medicine. Right. Well, yeah, we have something that will cure your inability to bring a zoom. <laughs> it's a zoo. It's back to zoo. <laughs> In liquid form. Dehydrated zoo. <laughs> so, welcome to Queering the Feed. I'm your moderator, Jared Axrod. Take it off! But it looks so nice on. <laughs> um, and uh, we're here to talk about queer issues and representation and other such things in podcasting, which is great. And I have a great panel with me, which is wonderful, because when they first put it on the schedule, it was put on as a presentation, and I had was not planning to do, a, like, a PowerPoint or anything. I, was, I just wanted to talk with people about it, so I, I, got, I panicked almost. I was like, who wants to be on this with me? And I was incredibly fortunate that I have these great people who will now all introduce themselves. Oh, before we get to them, though, I'm amazing. I do a podcast called The Voice of Pre-Planet X. Um, and I've also published a, a graphic novel called The Battle of Blood and Ink, and done many and other sundry things. And I am a bisexual. So going from the line, you do not have to... Uh, see your queer identity if you don't want to, but this is about representation, so I'm going to put pressure on people. <laughs> uh, I'm AF Grappin. I am one of the hosts and also the producer of the Melting Podcast, a writing variety show. Um, I am also a novelist. Uh, haven't had any books come out lately, and I'm not planning to have any books come out. I don't have cemented dates anyway. Um, I am. I identify as agender. And I am wholeheartedly attracted to women, uh, which biologically makes me a lesbian. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Actually, no, this is exactly where it is. <laughs> I'll come closer. <laughs> if there ever was a time and a place for that. <laughs> We've hit it. Uh, hello, I am Hugh J. O'Donnell. I am the host and editor of the Way of the Buffalo podcast and also a participant on the Coronaut Cinema Review Podcast, and uh, on the way of the Buffalo Podcast, we do short fiction and interviews, and we're actually currently running uh, an audiobook version of the novel The Dark Wife by Sarah Diemer, read by Veronica Giguere, uh, and this this is actually an award-winning lesbian YA retelling of the Persephone and Hades novels. Nice! <laughs> Plus, Veronica's just got like this. Sexy Veronica's so yeah. good in it. Oh my yeah, god! I mean, like, I think there's a lot of people out there who don't even know they're looking for this. But yes. Once it is put in front of them, uh, are into it. Okay, I'm uh, J.R. Blackwell. I'm a writer and photographer. I was an early adapter to podcasting when I launched a podcast called um, 365. Tomorrow, well, it's uh, based on the website for 365 Tomorrow. It's called Voices of Tomorrow. Um, and I am also a photographer, and I did a huge photo project last year called In Their Own Worlds, where I photographed authors in the worlds of their novels. And I identify as bisexual. Hi, I'm, I'm Ruth. I'm Ace. I... I'm occasionally, surprisingly often, pulled into For podcasts. I don't have one of my own, but I listen to a lot of them because I, I am aware of many hats. I am a writer, an illustrator, a sculptor, um, and I travel. My day job is selling wigs at anime conventions, so I am on the road pretty much constantly. So podcasts help keep me as sane as I am. Talk about your Kickstarter. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> I write YA adventure fiction set in the Victorian era of a fantasy world about an unusual family of archaeologists, and Book 3's Kickstarter started a day and a half ago. Um, I'm doing a Kickstarter because I did want to do all um, full-color interior watercolor painting illustrations, so 
It turns out that costs more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are there queer characters in these books? Yes, yes, there definitely are. It, I was like, my original audience was mostly conservative and Christian, and the queer characters didn't show up in book one, but there, there's more and more and more of them. And, and uh, I am writing a character now realizing this character is pan as fuck. <laughs> and I can't really hide that in the book. So, you know, look at these nice people, like these dear children having these sweet adventures, and a lot of the adults in their lives are not remotely straight. <laughs> and that's good. So for those in the audience who might not be familiar, you are, as you said, ace. Yep. Which is and defined I, as... I'm um, just not really interested in having sex with anyone in particular. I've got a... Because like, you are ace, yeah. as in like ace. ace. <laughs> but also that I'm stands for asexual. I want to point that out. Aesthetic appreciation for like a lot of the same people that everyone has a strong appreci- or like aesthetic appreciation for. I mean, sure. Claudia Black and Mads Mikkelsen are amazing people and I want to draw them all day. But really, <laughs> I mean, if I had their services for a day, I would would draw them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that would be a fine use of their skills, quite frankly. Totally. Quite frankly. No, and yeah, I, I'm part of a long-term pair of aces. I'm probably going to marry my best friend who I met at age eight and fell in love with at age 15. And there's no point in trying to explain to my parents anymore that I'm not a lesbian because I'm marrying my best friend even though I'm not. So, you know what? <laughs> it's just too hard to explain. <laughs> Think of Tolkien elves, but more boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think uh, a nice place to start would just to be to talk about um, representation in podcast meetings that we've enjoyed, like positive examples, um, because it's sometimes it's hard to find. Quite frankly, I mean, it's the nice thing about podcasting is that there is not the gatekeepers that there are in other cultures so that you can have people doing stuff that is uh, that has queer people in it. Oh, before we go any further, I do want to say, are there any straight people in the audience? We have two in the corner. Separated from everyone else. <laughs> appropriately. It's okay, this is a safe space. Yes. <laughs> We're not judging you. You know? I mean, if that's the lifestyle you want to leave. Yeah, if, 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 if that's your choice. That's how we seem to be going. <laughs> It happens to the nicest people. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And it's something that um, is because of the omnipresence of kind of the dominant straight narrative of our culture. It is one of those things where it is difficult to, to keep it out, too. To be out, obviously. Um, being also, I am in a heteronormative relationship with this lovely bisexual. And so I occasionally have to come out like every six months and remind people. <laughs> Which is fine. I don't mind. Um, right. But it's, and then uh, something that I've taken to doing with the voice of people on decks to make sure that stuff is in there is um, anytime a character refers to the relationship they're in, I have automatically made that a queer relationship. Um, just because I know other characters who don't talk about their relationship are going to be assumed to be straight. So I need to, I feel the need to like even out the playing field a little bit. Um, and so when I come across something like The Heart, does anyone listen to The Heart here? You guys should listen to The Heart. Um, that puts, uh, it's, a, it's basically about relationships and they uh, often have queer relationships in there. And sometimes these are fictional Relationships, and sometimes this is a, a more documentary, this American lifestyle um, relationships. But they are very much into presenting queer relationships in addition to non-queer relationships, and queer relationships in a variety of spectrums, which is nice. Um, but I also like stuff that's not explicitly about um, queerness. For example, one of my favorite podcasts is. Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, which used to be Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men. And that is a wonderful example of representation, but not necessarily um, explicitly queer. Although, with the X-Men, some stuff has to be then explicitly queer. We've all read those comics. (laughs) X-Men. Right. 
Literally so. Um, so those are my two, whenever I think about uh, queer representation, those are my two get-goes. But I'm interested in the panel of other things because I always need more stuff to listen to. Um, well, since you mentioned Jay and Miles, I would bolt on to a similar podcast um, that's in that sort of uh, sphere is Into It Without Collins. Yes, yes, that is great. Uh, and it is my dream to one day be on that show. Yes. It's a goal. It's a goal. Yes. I have contacted her. I have not heard back. No, no. She doesn't listen to me on Twitter either. <laughs> <laughs> but Elle Collins is a transgender woman who um, just talks about culture, and it's not explicitly queer, but it's not explicitly not. And one of the things that I think is really great about Elle is that um, she doesn't affect her voice at all, and she, she has a fairly deep voice. And she does not pause, does not worry about it at all. She just goes, and she is. She's also brilliant, and that helps. Anyone else? Well, I'll pick the, the really big, obvious, ridiculously popular one, which is Night Vale. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cecil and Carlos are like the most normal, steady, sane, least worthy of comment thing happening in that entire like universe that it centers around this too. like warm, loving, supportive. What I what I love about the Night Vale um, explosion mm-hmm. is that so many people have pointed out that its popularity is due to this mm-hmm. queer relationship at the center, which I think a lot of people would not expect. Yeah, and having been to a couple of the live shows, anytime Carlos comes on stage, he <laughs> yes. screams, "Drown!" <laughs> the audio because the audience is their shit every time. <laughs> like, that actor is why can I remember his name Dylan Dylan Dylan. thank you <laughs> I should know better but at a podcast panel people would know for me I won't even bother remembering names now uh, Dylan Marin is so great so great and has great hair yes he does in real life and Cecil has none <laughs> One thing I've noticed, I listen to a lot of, like, news podcasts, um, so a lot of NPR-ish stuff, or just a lot of people, you know, covering different issues, and one thing that I've noticed is that over time, and, and I, I'm thinking about, like, the past decade, it's gone from, like, no queer relationships being covered in news media, very, very few, to, like, that, to a lot of people being covered um, because it's an issue, to, oh, yeah, we're covering something else, and uh, we're, we're doing a story about a couple selling popsicles. They happen to be lesbian couple. We're not really commenting on that. We're just really into these popsicles. <laughs> and like I, I've noticed that, that that just progression happened over time, which which has been nice. Well, like popsicles nice. are delicious. That's right. right. This is true. Yeah. Everybody loves popsicles. Uh, and and speaking of NPR, uh, I would like to mention Pop Culture Happy Hour. Yes. Which. Um, which sort of revealed to me uh, how many queer folks like just work at NPR professionally and aren't allowed to like squee during their normal work day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, on that, like the map, there's a, a lot of the Maximum Fun shows have queer comedians on that, which uh, mm-hmm. it's a very um, queer friendly area. There's like, Rhea Butcher and Cameron Esposito have their show, mm-hmm. and then. There's others that I can't remember. Audience? Oh. No. Guy Branham? No. I just like we yeah. kind of yeah. No, it's dogs. fine. <laughs> it's fine. Some dogs might be queer on that podcast, but yeah. <laughs> the Guy Branham show. Yeah, the Guy Branham show. Show. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's nice that the that representation is there, um, and that's because representation is important. Yes, uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Okay. Uh, but um, it's. Uh, but one thing I would like to talk about, because we were talking about this earlier, is that there's little to no asexual representation. Well, I, and I think uh, there's not more railing about it, because, I don't know, if, I, I, have, I haven't had the universal asexual experience, if that exists, but a lot of me growing up was just wanting to be left alone, and the you know, less attention I was getting that I didn't want, the happier I was, so... The idea of fighting for representation isn't something that even occurred to me for the longest time, and... I just occasionally would, would get annoyed when they were like shoehorned in like subplots or or people like they have to like bang now and I'm like but that was such a great friendship. <laughs> and he said it's queer painting and I'm like 
Yes, but they were having a really good ace relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on which queer. Some of us are already hooked. <laughs> oh, but no, I loved I loved the end of Pacific Rim. I loved the forehead touch. That was so wonderful. And and I, I understand entirely. My roommate really wanted them to kiss, but I I, I appreciated, you know. That, that people can love each other dearly for things that don't involve jumping each other's bones. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not so odd. A little restraint and tenderness is really, really, really refreshing. That's a good point. Um, so, what about you, August? Well, see, the thing with me is... Because you have a similar... There's not a whole lot of Asian or yeah, representation. Being... Because, you know... Transgender individuals are, they're all over the news right now. Um, and I grew up thinking that I was trans. Um, I've since come to my senses. Um, and, you, you know, you, you don't, you'll see people portray tra- transgender almost as a joke. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see the situation where, you know, a, a, a trans girl, you know, just, just as a generic example, or a trans girl... Uh, the moment that the climax of the story or whatever it is happens, um, it's because of that hidden male part of them. Where even when, when somebody who is like truly agent, or which I actually lean more towards masculine, but again, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, you don't see anybody that is so like neither. And, right. And, and, and people don't understand that that doesn't equate to my sexuality. Right. Um, because people ask me, well, so are you gay? And I'm like, I don't think so because I think of myself slightly masculine, so that makes me straight, but biological. So it, it's good thing you're on that side. Though. Yeah, you get yeah. you get into so much weird terminology that we just can't can't deal with right now, and that gets even harder to portray, especially when you're in podcasts because that's just audio. Right. You don't have any visual cues for it, so people can't necessarily even visualize somebody like me. Um. And but, I, but this is a good question because I haven't listened to all of your episodes, but I've listened to some of them. And is this something that that comes up? Because your podcast is about writing. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, not not so much. Um, you may notice that um, my my co-host is my best friend. We've known each other for years, and she knew me before the before I re- redefined the whole age gender thing when I insisted on the he pronoun. And I would slaughter you with a golf club if you called me she. Now I don't care. Call me whatever you want. I don't crap. I don't give a crap. But she, at this point, completely avoids pronouns with me. It's a, uh, she calls me it more often, and I think it's hilarious, frankly. Um, but it doesn't really. It doesn't really come up. We don't. It's it, it's not the point of the podcast. Um, so it's to me it's a non-issue I'm uncomfortable no matter what bathroom I go into (laughs) (laughs) so uh, uh, but for me personally I just want everybody else to be comfortable because if you're uncomfortable that's what makes me uncomfortable Um, so I mean personally it's a non-issue but you know I mean I've lived with me my whole life I'm used to me (laughs) but I know I'm like probably the only person like me you're ever going to meet I haven't met anybody else like me yet. When I when I think about representation, I I think about how um, so uh, Chuck Wendig, who's an author I know, he recently wrote a Star Wars book. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Star Wars. Everyone knows that. Who doesn't know about Chuck Wendig's Star Wars book? Okay, so it's Chuck Wendig who wrote a. I'm going to real quick. He wrote a Star Wars book and he put some queer characters in the book, and um, he got. Like Amazon review after Amazon review, just wailing on the book, like talking about how there's like too many gay people in the book, and it's unrealistic, and like why is he like forcing the gay agenda? On, he's straight, P.S. Uh, <laughs> on the on like on all these people, and like and um, I read the gay book expecting gay. like there yeah. will be so much yeah. gay stuff. In I was so <laughs> excited. It is not. It's like it's like, it's like twice through the. Book until yeah. you get your like, you're like, oh, yeah, like, it's like very, like, casual. Elderly, two aunts? Right, exactly. It's very casual, offhand, small part of the book. Um, and uh, I just, I, I, I kept thinking about, like, people who saying that it's unrealistic and that it doesn't, 
um, and I and that it's uh, it's pushing an agenda. And I think I think part of that comes from some people. Like in my experience, you know, my reality is full of queer people. Like I don't, I feel like I don't go anywhere, <laughs> trip and fall over a queer person. But like, but we are like, fortunate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they tripping Oops. me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, but there for there are people for whom that's not their experience, and and or the people in their lives are not out to them, and because of that, when they see fiction that has queer people in it, it seems like queer people are rare and they're few and far between. And I think that media does a lot to reinforce that idea that like there's not many, and so why are, are we bringing it up? You know, well, you know, every group of friends is. Five white dudes and one lady, one black girl. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which reflects reality, of course. I did have that group of friends, though. <laughs> well, that all, that all comes down to perception, because when you're not part of a group that is getting a moment, yeah. it seems like that moment is taking forever. There have been, <laughs> <laughs> there have been um, studies, this is sort of tangential, but like um, a, a, a group of college students... Uh, di- uh, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a D, and I'm going to shoot myself now. A demographic of 50-50 males to females um, asked how they perceived the class conversations being oh, dominated. Yeah. You've probably all read this, where it's like, you know, the males thought that the women were taking over when they were only talking 15 to 30 percent of the time, something like that. So if you are straight and you're used to your whole world is straight, you see a gay couple, and all of a sudden that's all that you're seeing. It's like. There's just the spotlight banners, confetti, and a gigantic <laughs> rainbow. And it's like all of a sudden your world has disappeared. So that that's just pure perception. Um, so that's just, that's just yeah, my thought it, on that. Well, it's interesting. Um, and uh, I think uh, you, you also raised a good point earlier when you talked about how so often now uh, trans people are genderqueer people are the brunt of jokes and it's um, one of those things that uh, that queer culture has now progressed to the point where the queer panic jokes are now no longer about gay or lesbian people, they're now about trans people, that's moved over to the left so um, I don't know who will be the queer panic jokes after we get those maybe they'll find me, I don't know Maybe it maybe it'll be maybe it'll be uh, turtles. Just making jokes. Yeah, turtles would be great because those Ninja Turtles are never going away. Who would have thought that that would be a constant? Something ever goes away, you know? Who would have thought that Ninja Turtles would have been something that last the test of time? Um, but going back to because we talked about queerness, going back to podcasting queerness, I think um, that sort of reputation is really important. In, in podcasting in general because, as I said before, about the uh, lack of gatekeepers and so we can't have that access. But also, um, and I just found out this recently, so I'm going to be talking about it at everything I do this weekend. Um, but they did a, a study on this thing called neural coupling. Have people are familiar with this? It's amazing. So they had someone tell a story in an MRI machine, this in Princeton, and they recorded that they recorded the story and they recorded their brain while they told the story. And then they put other people in the MRI machine and played the story back. And their brain lit up in the exact same places as the person telling the story. And so you can see this effect um, when you go to, like, say, a basketball game and someone does an amazing slam dunk and the whole crowd raises up because we were all connected to that one moment that one person and the elation that the player feels we also feel and so it's all connected uh, but it was striking to me reading about this study hearing about this study and being like all it takes is you don't even have to be in the stands watching this happen you don't have to be in the room it just takes a human voice and so there's an amazing power in in podcasting in audio storytelling in this to have that neural coupling to have that connection in a way that I think a lot of other online media doesn't. Uh, I think definitely just the text 
it's very different. And I think with video, sometimes the visuals can be distracting and can keep that neural coupling from happening. But it seems to be very um, easy to happen with an audio voice. Um, so if we want to change things, if we want to have people stop being the brunt of jokes and have an actual representation, I think that this is a, this is a perfect medium for that sort of thing. I'm not All expecting right. anyone to agree. <laughs> I just really wanted to point that out because I just found out about this a couple days ago and I was like... That is very cool. Yeah, and it's something I've seen happen. I think people do have that sort of weird emotional connection with podcasting, with the personalities of people who podcast. So another great example why it's important for more queer podcasters to be there um, and to be, um, I don't want to say out, because there's a difference between out and just being there. Um, because... August, like you said, I mean, you're not, your podcast is not about you being a gender, but the fact that you're there means that another person who may be on the struggle that you were on and is not quite comfortable with themselves the way you are um, may have that. Uh, may have yeah, that. yeah, the whole thing it's about is the fact that I'm hilarious. I mean, you are. <laughs> That's true. I mean, accurate, but but yeah. it, it does it does come in handy when I'm voicing characters because I can I can run the gamut, <laughs> so that, that's where it comes handy. And I do like your Russian accent, like that was. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Do it anytime you want. Dude. When I think about representation, I always think about um, kids uh, and young people who are who are on like the beginning of their journey to finding themselves, and uh, since rates of suicide are higher for queer youth um, and trans youth especially like I'm very concerned about that population and how when they don't see themselves in fiction or and I think this is you know many times the case for a lot of trans stories when all of the stories are sad or a joke there's a story about you your character dies. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's so really sad. Or, or gets fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, it, it, that to me is just like a, a reason why I think uh, all, all creators and especially artists, you know, I think artists, if you're an artist, if you're making content, I think that you have a responsibility to society. You know, like if I'm, uh, if I'm a, a an engineer and the dam is breaking like I have a responsibility to society to help right like we all have to put down sandbags against the oncoming flood and I think as an artist we have a societal responsibility as well and I and I think that you know when when queer youth are dying due to not seeing themselves in happy stories and not thinking that they can have a happy life I think it's our job to put those stories out there especially if we know them to be true you know especially Mm -hmm. if we know them to be so yeah, no, that was great. So, um, I think uh, we want to open the floor to questions. People have questions, comments. Yes. So I have a comment um, about talking about representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm ace. I'm arrow, and I'm a gender with rounding errors. So I understand that. You will have to explain arrow to me. Uh, sure. As, like what it means, or just yeah, I'm not familiar with the term. Aromantic. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, so it's kind of like asexual instead of sexual attraction is romantic attraction. Um, I used to be qua romantic, which is the French qua, or WTF romantic, which is the sort of, I don't know what this is, but maybe. Right. Uh, but yeah, so the thing I wanted to mention about ace representation is that there's a really, really good show that did this. Um, Sirens, I don't know if you know it. It's about a bunch of, I think, paramedics and emergency EMS, but it's a Netflix show, and one of the characters is ace. And it's amazing, like the episode where she's ace, I don't want to spoil her much, but it, like, the, it starts off with the person being like, what is this? And she's like, okay, it's this. And he's like, oh, is it this? I did all this research. She's like, no, it's just me. He's like, oh, they have a pride parade. Here's her flag. And she's like, okay. And it's ace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a multiple thing. She's she's always ace the entire time, but only when it's relevant because the main character was interested in her and the way they do it. She, she never gets fixed as sexual as he. Like it's just it's really well. So Sirens on Netflix. Um, I recommend it. What's the, like that, that web show about the popular? Oh man, 
the web show. <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up and show it. But there's a, a web show about a, a pot dealer, and each episode has various clients. And one of his clients is an asexual who is also a magician. And so the main thing of his stuff is magic tricks, but he's like, they also talk about asexuality, and he's like, actually, there's probably more than you think. Scarf. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he shows up later as, a, as part of a um, family dinner. Uh, and it's just, what I love about that, and probably what's so great about Sirens, too, is how normalized it is. And that it's just another character quirk, and... Uh, it's not treated as a joke, unlike him being a magician, which is done as a joke the entire way through, and is hilarious. Uh, comments? Further thing about representation? Or other great representation in podcasts? We, we've talked more about in queerness in general than we have about podcasts. So. Uh, I think that one of the things that I think is really important about podcasts as a medium is that they don't have gatekeepers. Because even where we do have, like, these queer stories, they're very specifically modern or maybe historical that ends tragically sort of stories. And if, and if you like Star Wars, like, these are, like, the first few, like, non-straight white rep- like, relationships in Star Wars. And that just is crazy. So if you like, if you don't like like high school dramas, you're kind of out of luck for YA queer stories sometimes because that's, they don't sell. Yeah, that's a good point, and that because it's symbolic of having a future with queer people. Even though Star Wars is in a galaxy far, far away and a long, long time ago, it fe- it is a future. And it is the, the feeling of, of looking into the future and, and seeing queer people as a, as a thing, as opposed to looking in the future and not seeing them there at all. And like, where are we in the future? What future do we have? And that's something that uh, Afrofuturism was built on. Um, and so that's why I'm co-opting it. Because that's what I do as a white person. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole yeah, other podcast. That's a whole other thing. Um, the Black Tribbles will be talking about that, I think, on Saturday, so that'll be great. Uh, but, yeah, and, and that's why I think as science fiction writers, as I think science fiction fantasy people, as we all are, um, that's maybe even more important than writing realistic fiction. In that, if I can get on my high horse of genre fiction is more important than realistic fiction. <laughs> because in showing that here is a future where you're included, here is a fantasy realm where you're included that's important um, because so often that is ex- you are excluded from that and to not see yourself even in your escapism is a horrible thing uh, so as you said um, we gotta fix that dam <laughs> yeah that's important anything else anything from the straight people <laughs> so something I really enjoyed fiction, Metamorph City, Chris Lester. Yeah, yeah. About making the cut. So literal Talk about gender the, fluid, yeah. where from one page swap gender and, uh, and all over and, the place. Yeah. yeah, and then every spectrum of sexuality he seems to represent. Mm-hmm. And as a straight guy, it all seems natural to me. It all—it's not necessarily have anything to do with the story. I mean, some are sucked you by. Well, I mean, by nature, the story's going to. Revolve around sexuality, right? right. But, you know, it, it all feels natural. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having the sexual, the sexy mm-hmm. elements, yeah. unless it's an ace story. Well, <laughs> I, I've got, I've got. Um, I just finished the Anne Lucky Ancillary uh, Justice, Ancillary Mercy uh, that series. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, oh my gosh! Okay, look up Anne Lucky's Ancillary series. The main character is not strictly ace because she's not human. <laughs> a fine line distinction. Ancillary. Yes, yeah, yeah. Ancillary justice is the first book in it, and it, it's a. Um, I've heard people talk about it. It's this broad-reaching, wonderfully big, huge, terrible empire that has um, the main character is an AI who used to be a uh, ship, 
and is the last shard or last ancillary piece of a ship. And over the first book, you found, find out what happened, how someone who was a battleship is just now confined to one body running around and try to take down a evil empire that has existed for 3,000 years and... The entire thing, gender is not an issue. The default pronoun for absolutely everyone in the book, even people clearly identified as male at some point, is she. So every single character is introduced as a she, and it's really neat to go through, like, every reading from, like, the baritone high emperor, you know, (laughs) to, like, this broad-shouldered beautiful person with, like, amazing curves. Like, everyone's she. So a lot of characters, you never find out what their gender is, and it really doesn't matter, and you... By the near the end of the first book, you get to see like one of their home systems, and by then, it's kind of it's sort of neat looking and seeing how much your point of view has changed around within the book itself. So that it's odd when someone's given a gender that's not she. You're like, well, who's this weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't think there's like maybe like two people described as white in the whole book, like. Dark skin is fashionable, like the ruling class. Everyone's like getting their skin darkened to look like more cool and more like like the ruling classes, like the older families who've taken over the universe. But it's it's a wonderful series and it's got a huge range of sexualities and a really neat character who is completely uninterested and like she's got other things to do. (laughs) So much to do. gotta find all this in the shard. Like, she's got a full yeah. docket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually do have two recommendations along that thing, and the first is uh, Cameron Hurley's The Mirror Empire, uh, which is a fascinating uh, sort of breakaway from tra- traditional, like, gender and sexual practices in, like, epic fantasy. So it is uh, sort of a queer epic fantasy, but you don't really get... There's a lot of matriarchy and other stuff involved in that. But then you get to like a part three quarters of the way to the book and one character says to another, wait, that person didn't get to choose their gender? And then you just look at the whole rest of the book like, wait, this whole time. Um, and that, that's amazing. And as far as podcasts, another I want to recommend is Minus World, which is a video game podcast which is done by the game com- like independent game company Midboss Games, which is a San Francisco-based, queer-friendly, uh, independent game company. And they have a very queer, very, very awesome uh, adventure game that came out this year called Read Only Memories. That is cyberpunk and deals with a lot of transgender issues, a lot of like transhuman issues, and is just very cool and has about like at the beginning it has about five or six, like an extensive list of pronouns you could choose and then put your own in nice. and that was cool. really cool that is cool that is cool. I've got a question yeah so I know this is Balticons talking about sci-fi and fantasy but are there other podcast genres where either you guys are like oh, there are all the queers here or there's really good pod- queer podcasts the kind of outside the sci-fi fantasy world. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Savage Love is nice. I know a lot of people don't like Stan Savage, but the nice thing about Dan Savage is very queer positive. Um, <laughs> so there's so there's that, um, uh, which which I know you enjoy. Um, I also enjoy it. I don't want to say like oh, I hate it, but she likes it. Uh, I always accuse him of hating it. You just listened to it before I had a chance to. <laughs> and then it's like, you want to listen to this? Say, I, I know, I know to you it. hate Dan Savage, but he said something interesting. <laughs> um, so there's there's that. That's good. Look, what else off the top of my head? I mean, I mainly listen to the sci-fi and fantasy stuff, so... Uh, my friend Nutty would be very cross at me if I did not recommend the Bicast, which is a cast about talking about bisexual issues and is done by a good friend of hers that she really likes, and she insisted that I talk about it. Because <laughs> I have not personally heard it, but I hear it's great. This is, this is a good window for that. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Looking for oh, podcast. yeah, yeah. Um, this is still sci-fi and fantasy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, 
Supervillain Corner. By oh Chris God! Yes. yes. Yeah. Brain fever is so gay. Yes. I love it. <laughs> uh, the main character is a supervillain named Professor Brain Fever, uh, who is very gay, uh, as we've said. And the current arc is about him trying to find a a, a good relationship um, and the difficulties of that. So not just a little gay. Well, he's also very big. He's 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 very super villainous, which yes. means he's over the top in a number of ways. He's very everything. He has a he has a hover throw. Well, I mean that's just classy. <laughs> I think he would agree with you. <laughs> he's just going through all of your podcasts. Yeah, uh, swings and roundabouts is very interesting. Uh, I just found it recently. It is with. Uh, let me look at her name. Avery Edison, um, who is a trans woman, and it is a kind of her looking back on her life and the events that led her to be who the person she is now. And she does this through medium of talking to a text-to-speech generator as if it is a robot therapist. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It also gets really dark in places because uh, she's not had a good life. But it, it's very interesting in that sort of way and, and talking about the uh, progression there. Uh, but yeah, I am just looking at my feed to see what else is there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's specific, but I may or may not be working on a secret project that will have two gender-fluid characters in an audio dramedy. Um, and if this ever does happen, one of them will be voiced by me. And I will end up having to go super female at some point, which is going to be um, in terms of broad pop culture, I want to recommend both Pop Culture Happy Hour and Pop Rocket, which are panel discussions that talk a lot about you know, music, art, popular film, which gets specificity at times because it's the time of a comic book movie, um, but is very good and is very broad. Oh, and um, Glenn Wilden is my spirit animal. Howl, the, um, the airwolf app has a, um, a Howl Only series called Fruit, which is about a gay um, football player and the difficulties with that. And it's done by the same woman who wrote Awkward Black Girl, that um, web series. So that I haven't heard that either, but I keep meaning to. And that's another reason why we haven't gotten rid of the Howl. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this counts as sci-fi fantasy because I don't understand genres um, but it's the Bright oh. Sessions and oh, yes. I know right um, I got him to watch I was yes. just trying to say it's sci-fi fantasy I'm going to tell you what anyway because it's, so it's set um, basically it's a therapist whose clients all have abilities like mind reading or teleportation or things like that and that's the premise how it starts off and then there's a plot and it's really great but one of my favorite characters He's like he's in high school, so he's doing a lot of the things, you know, he's dealing with his anger issues and he's has these like dealing with being a kid and all of this, and then he starts having like he's sorting out romantic feelings and then it's towards a dude, I'm like, wait, you're not straight? Like ten times better. So it's still kind of he's, the realm of this. So adorable. It's, he has really no cute. idea he has such a massive crush on this kid and it's so cute. You just hear him talking about it like yeah, I mean, I don't have this feeling like in my stomach, and she's like, like, like butterflies. Yeah, like what's that about? So it's really cute, and they're short uh, episodes too, so it's not a huge investment. What was that called again? The Bright Sessions. The Bright Sessions. Because the therapist is Doctor Bright. Okay, that makes sense. That's, it's not just a clever name. No. <laughs> Another good entertainment panel show is Professor Blackstaw. Oh yes, yes. Is she, is she still doing it? I, you know, it's been a little while yeah, since I've listened. I think it's stopped. But it's still, the feed still exists, so you can still go back and listen to everything. But really every week they would do a kind of a different topic, and they had really great guests coming in about a range of topics, and it frequently touched on different um, LGBTQ, not necessarily A. But. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, any other... Recommendations or comments or questions or soapboxing. What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they still have it? I thought we all had to, like peanuts and a tank. So. <laughs> well, it sucks, but the secret is it always sucks. You're not being ripped off now. 
<laughs> you mean they can't make gourmet food in a metal oh, container no. high in the sky? As long as you can get to it, it's on a train. <laughs> they do, but that, that um, pressure and height, we don't we can't taste them the same way, so it's a huge complication. It's all, it's all in our At least that's what I've heard. You know. It's A-flavored. um so well i think it's it's almost 10 till so i think we can call it unless anyone has anything else they want to say uh obviously you should listen to the voice of free planet x and melting pot melting pot cast p-o-t-c-a-s-t i'm jealous of that name yeah that's great i'm very jealous of that name you should be and, I can't believe nobody took it. We have the Buffalo the podcast. We have the Buffalo. And is this on Way of the Buffalo, the Dirt Yes, way? yes. All right, so you don't have to even go somewhere separate. Nope. Go to the Way. That. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And what would you guys like to plug since we're finishing up? Come to my panel on Sunday at 11 a.m. What is it? It's uh, about my photography project in their own worlds. Oh. It's so fanciful. <laughs> it's very fanciful. Yeah. And my Kickstarter comes with, like, really cool custom-made jewelry. I do teed ones because why not? <laughs> what you Google to search for your Yeah, how do they find your Kickstarter? Um, well, I've got cards right there. Oh. oh. So you can like take, and then you like, like, oh, look, there's there's people, and there's but bright the colors. Audio, for the audio. For the audio, for the, I'll have oh, a link. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why I hate so it. Okay, so. She's not a podcaster, she doesn't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I'm going to start any time now. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, worldofshandor.com. Also, um, let's see. The Five Wits Press is uh, the me and all my friends who are working on everything from a visual novel to graphic novels to pretty much anything with novel in there. Mm-hmm. We, we've got it all going on. All and sorts so, of novel yeah, novels. All sorts of novels and yeah, yeah, novels of every kind. But yeah, Five Wits Press has it. And it's gonna be cool. Also, um, there's a linoleum block carving and cutting workshop and printing workshop I'm doing tomorrow night. It says it's for teens, but I'm not gonna card people. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I'm convinced I'm still 19. So there you go. There it works out. I'm mean, say teens. I, I, I just like there will be sharp objects, but I, I'll bring band aids, so no problem. And they're like teen, and I'm like, oh. I'm umpteen years old. <laughs> And uh, the Voice of Free Planet X live show is going to be Sunday at 9.15. This person pointing at Will not be in a skimpy bathing suit. No, but we'll be there. This person, I'm pointing at JR, will also be there. And of course, I will be there. There will be a rap battle. It'll be amazing. I will be in the audience. You'll be in the audience. I'll be in the audience. Well, right then. See? Everyone cool is going. Everyone cool is (laughs) going to be there. cool kids. And I'm also going. No. (laughs) And... Thank you guys for attending the panel. Thank you for listening to the Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you could email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it, as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Richcreek.